Thank you, Holy Spirit, just for already an amazing morning, Lord. Thank you that you are here, Jesus. Thank you that you are here, Holy Spirit. As a church, we just want to come before you this morning, Holy Spirit, Jesus, and want to dedicate this sermon and this day to you. Thank you for your love, Lord God, and I just pray now, Lord, that you will you will send your angels among us to minister to our hearts, Lord Jesus, and also to protect us, Lord God, from any distractions that might come and try to steal from us. Thank you, Jesus. And yes, Lord, I pray that while we are here today in this morning, that our focus will be solely on you, Lord God. Thank you for who you are. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this morning I'd like to speak about Ascension Day um, and, and something around Ascension Day that, that, that I think we sometimes, we sometimes fail to see but there's so many promises that the Lord fulfilled during the ascension of Jesus. And I believe that's something for all of us as believers to, to see it and to, to realize the impact of that on our lives. So, but before I start, um, I'm gonna share something. Um, while we were in worship, um, the Lord just spoke to me and um, your name forget where Johnny, Johnny. Um, I just believe that um, that the Lord said that He's He's about to ignite something within you to make you hunger for Him much more, to make you hunger for for um, I could tell for. And the ministry works so much more than you already have. So he's, he's, he's about to ignite that flame within you. Um, but with that, um, I believe that he also says that you, you, need to, you need to really get in tune with him so much more so that when he speaks and when he releases, that you are there, that you can hear him and accept what he has, has for you. Uh, just on that note, okay. Um, Ascension Day. So Ascension Day, it's not just a random, supernatural thing that occurred, you know, um, that, that we saw when Jesus, when he, when he ascended into heaven. It's not just something that happened there and the disciples looked at him and like, oh, wow, and he's up into heaven and that's it. And now we have Ascension Day. There's, there's actually so much more, and Ascension Day was, was something that has been prophesied literally all throughout the Old Testament, um, and I didn't know that. So I did a little bit of research, and there's so many scriptures that prophesied about the ascension of 
Jesus. It's not just a, a one-time, a random thing. God actually told us beforehand that is about to happen, that will happen with Jesus. And um, there's a, is a really cool scripture, and I want, I want you guys to turn to Daniel 7, and we're going to read verse 13 14. And that's one of the main scriptures that talked about the ascension of, of Jesus, about Ascension Day. And it says there, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version, it says there in verse 13, that I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Next verse. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. I love that. And if, if we can put back on quickly verse um, 13 it says that he saw the son of man coming with the clouds to heaven so he ascended into heaven so he talked about Jesus going into heaven and he came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him so all the, the heavenly hosts and the angels that they received Jesus and they took him before the Lord our God, Father God. And then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. So that's just one of many scriptures that talks about the ascension of Jesus. Um, there's some more, so if you take note, it's, it's not on the board, but in Isaiah 53 verse 13, Psalm 16 verse 8 to 11, and Acts 2 verse 24 to 26, that all speaks about the ascension of, of Jesus. Now, what is Ascension Day? And why do we need to remember it? Why do we celebrate it? Why do we have a holiday for Ascension Day? So, what is Ascension Day? There's something cool about Ascension Day. Number one is, it. Um, let me just get my words right here. Um, it, it completes the resurrection of Jesus. So what does that mean? So in the days of Jesus, um, he raised a few people from the dead and he also rose from the dead. So you have a lot of people walking around that has been raised from the dead, but that, now what now? Now these people walking around, they've been raised from the dead. It stops there. But for him, he took it a step further and he ascended into heaven. And that 
But that does something else. Um, when he is ascended into heaven, it actually fulfilled a few prophecies about who he is. He now sits on the right hand of God, which was also prophesied in the Old Testament and by himself. So by ascending into heaven, he fulfilled promises about him, the, the, the promises that the Lord gave us and to him. So we see like a natural progression where, the, where Jesus descended and he became like a man, then he died but resurrected and again went up into heaven. So that, that, that's how, um, that, that's sort of now the full um, the circle. And again, we, we, we see that, um, that the promises of God has been fulfilled. Now, so, so that's sort of ascension day, but why do we, why do we celebrate it? Now, there's, again, there's two things. From the side of Jesus, we celebrate Ascension Day because now Christ, the Jesus that we believe in, he now sits at the right hand of God and he now has the full authority over all of creation. So that has been fulfilled. And also, it says in Acts 2 verse 36, that, that he is now the Lord and the, 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 the Christ. He now is the king above all other kings. He now is our high priest, so he's the one that intercedes for us. Um, for us to the Father, um, which means there's only one way to God, the, the, the Father, and everlasting life with the Father, and that is through Jesus, because he's the one that intercedes for us, and also now he is our prophet. So he gives us words from the, 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 the Father that we can then live by. So that all happened, and also um, there's an excellent verse, and we're going to put that up on the screen as well, Acts 2 verse 33, and that's for me an amazing verse that I've read so many times, but I only saw in this last week what it actually means. And it says there, therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured, this, he, uh, he poured out this which you now see Okay, so I read that many times and it, it's just a sentence. But again, read it again. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, that's now Jesus, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he now pours it out on us. Easy to miss that. 
we receive not for ourselves, not to keep, but to give. We are believers and we are disciples of Jesus. This is an amazing scripture that shows his love for us, that he received the Holy Spirit and all the gifts that came along with that. And he didn't say, thank you, Father, and nice one, you guys later. No, no. He received all the promises that came with his resurrection and ascension and the Holy Spirit, took it all, and instantly he poured it back on us as believers. That's a massive scripture for us. And again, and again, it's a promise that has been fulfilled. It has been prophesied by many of his disciples, people from the Old Testament, and he himself also said that he will come, and when he leaves, he will not leave us alone. So he promised us he will not leave us alone. He will send his Holy Spirit to come with us and to help us and to empower us. So again, one of the, the, the promises that has been fulfilled. And also, well, why do we remember and celebrate Ascension Day from us, from us as disciples and the believers? The disciples that was there with Jesus, they physically saw him there, and while he was praying over them and blessing them, it says while he was doing that, he was taken up into heaven. So they physically saw with their own eyes promises fulfilled, not hearsay or anything else. They saw it happen right before their eyes. So, so that they then knew that if that promise is fulfilled and by what they saw of the lifestyle of Jesus, they now knew that by having received his Holy Spirit, by being empowered, they know they have the authority to go and do the work that Jesus said they must do. They know now that, as we, 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 we sang that song, that now we can pray for people for healing. We can drive out the demons, pray for the sick that they may be healed, pray for the lepers, and all those things. So they understood now the authority that they have because the promise has been fulfilled before their eyes. So now they trust God, and now they walk. They walk in faith in his promises. Make sense? If not, just say, oh, it doesn't make sense. And again, why do we celebrate this Ascension Day? That's something that the disciples then, they saw it and they realized it and I pray that this is something for, for us as well that they know the authority that they now received from God. How? It says in Ephesians 2 verse 6 that when 
Jesus got resurrected and ascended into heaven, that we with him are seated in heavenly places. Or let me rephrase, in him. The scripture says that in him, we are seated at the right hand of God. So if we abide in him, if we stay in him, if we stay in the word, we are next to the Father in heaven, at the right side of God, and the same authority that Jesus has over all creation, over all the earth. We now have that as well because we are in him and he in us. In John 15, I think it speaks about when we abide in him, he abides in us. So we are in him. Makes sense. So I think there's a lot more to the ascension day than we realize. The promises of God fulfilled and we need to walk in that promises. Um, so that was the intro. So let's let's go to the main scripture for today, and I want you guys to turn to Hebrews twelve, verse eighteen to twenty-four. Hebrews twelve, verse eighteen to twenty-four. I'm going to start reading from verse eighteen, and it says there. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to the blackness and the darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded and if so, uh, and if so much as a beast Touch the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. How does this relate to ascension? This is a... As this is an interesting scripture and I, I pray that the Lord will open up something for each and everyone today what this means for us because it's actually very powerful and I'm gonna go verse by verse to explain what this means. Verse 18 says, and you can put back on again in verse 18, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire the fire and to the blackness and darkness tempest. So this um, mountain was a physical mountain that Moses took the, um, the, the, the Israelites to when they left 
um, in Egypt, and that that's the, the, the mountain where God gave Israel the law, you know, the, the stone, the tablets of law. So it's a physical mountain that could be touched where they received the law. So we can say that it's an it's a external manifestation of God. There's the mountain, there's the law, it's external. Okay? Verse 19 to 21 says, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so, much as beast, uh, I don't read that sentence right. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Moses was called a friend of God was exceedingly afraid and trembling. Why? So just picture in your, in your, 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 your mind a mountain, like a mountain mountain, not little hills like in Bentuk, a mountain, and picture that the mountain was burning and you saw it. In the, in the picture there was clouds there and in your mind, picture that there was like constantly sound of trumpets and a, 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 a voice that comes through the clouds from the mountain, making the mountain tremble, making people tremble. And picture that, and now you, you, you stand there as a miracle human and you know that's God. Like you can't but know that's God. Then you fear and you, you tremble because... What is about to happen? That's what they saw. And so they, they actually saw the mountain that burned. They, saw the, uh, they, they heard the sounds of trumpets and the voice that made the people in the mountain tremble. Now let's go back a few days before the law. Um, during the first pass over the, the Israelites Israelites were in Egypt, okay? So they an, an anointed their lentils and uh, uh, um, the door post with the, 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 the blood of a sacrificed lamb. And after that night, after that the, the Passover, they, they, left, um, they left Egypt. And then 50 days after that, after when they left Egypt, they came to Mount Sinai. I say that right? Sinai. Yes, Sinai. Um, and that's then where they received the law from God. So 50 days after they had their first Passover, they received the law. So today, um, it's called the Feast of Shavuot. It's, uh, it's uh, the feast that the, um, the, the Jewish people have to, to 
celebrate the, the, the Pentecost as well, but that was their initial Pentecost when, when they received the law. Take it a few years on in the new covenant, the, the, the Passover was the death and resurrection of Jesus. Okay? Death, his crucifixion, his death, his burial, and his resurrection on the third day. And 50 days later at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given. So there's a contrast between that first um, Passover and Pentecost and the one we have now in the new covenant. In the old one, there was a physical manifestation of God, like the mountain, the law. It was all external versus in the new covenant, it was the Holy Spirit that came within and on the people. That makes sense. Hope I didn't lose you guys so far. So the, the, the first one was external with the law of the mountain, and the second one, which the one that we also now celebrate, was internal when the Holy Spirit came within and on the people to empower them. Um, the old the covenant of the law, the people struggled to keep the law. It's like they, they struggled to, to, to make it their own. They struggled to internalize what it, what it meant or what it, um, yeah, what they have to do with it. But now, with a new one, with the Holy Spirit, that, that's now within us, God wrote the law on our hearts, so it's internal, it's internalized, and now it's on the hearts of all men. And that's again a, a, a promise that the Lord had And also, from the time from Passover to Pentecost is a 40-day period that we can read in the book of Acts and Luke where Jesus actually showed himself to many individuals. He showed himself to a group of people. Um, I think he, they said that once up to around 500 new people at once he showed himself between, um, between Passover and Pentecost. So we, we see now as well that we are in a season between Passover and Pentecost where Jesus shows himself to people. He manifests himself to people. And it's not just these 40 days. Um, I'm not sure if you, if you guys heard my, my, my this, 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 the sermon of the of the, um, the promise of the third day. I'll come back to you on that one now. 
So prophetically, the church are in the, the morning of the third day. That's in the time that Jesus rose from the dead. So we are in that time that from when he rose from the dead and ascended until he comes back. So the church are in that time frame. And if we, if we um, talk to believers from local and overseas, and especially in, the, in many of the, 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 the persecuted countries, we hear so many testimonies of Jesus appearing himself to people. Not word of mouth, not heard something about something and then you make that your own. Jesus is appearing to people constantly. And that's one of the, 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 the promises that we, we must, must uh, um, make our own from Scripture that yes, Jesus will appear to us as it is in the Scriptures, as he did here. He will also and can also do with us. We just need to be aware of what he's busy doing. We need to just position ourselves to be there that when he sh- shows up, we are there to see him and experience him. So that there's a big difference between the external display of God and the internal workings of God. And then next verse 22, it speaks, it says the following. And, and this is a big one. So, it says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Verse 18 says, for you have not come to the mountain. There was a mountain, it was burning, and they said that don't touch the mountain or you will die. Don't even let your, your animals walk there because they'll die. So you have not come to that mountain. It was of limits, physical mountain of limits. But now it talks about us as believers in the new covenant with Christ. And it says in verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Here's something I want to challenge you on your faith and your, your thinking. According to this scripture, you as a believer, you are now, because you are in Jesus, you are now with him already in Mount Zion, in the new Jerusalem. You are already with God the Spirit, because you are in Jesus. You are here, you are right here, right now. You are in the city of the living God, and you have access to everything he has in store for you in heaven. So we need to change our mindset from the old 
Testament religious way of um, thinking that it's God, it's heaven, it's of limits until says so. But it says in the new covenant, in the new testament, we see it in Hebrews here, but you, he's talking to believers, you have come to Mount Zion, it means you are there. And to the city of the living God, it means you are there in the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. That's what it says there. In Ephesians 2 verse 6, it also says that in Christ we are already seated in heavenly places. The scripture confirms the scripture. The thing is just, do we believe it? And if we believe it, does our lives show it? If not, we might not believe it. So we need to sort of activate, engage where we already are. Because we are there already. So now we need to activate that lifestyle. We can't live as if the mountain is off limits, as if the city of Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem is off limits, if our God is off limits because he lives in that city, he dwells there. In Jesus, we are also there. If not, what do we believe? I put something here, which is a fact. I also sometimes do that, and it's something we have to watch ourselves. Like we can, we can argue and philosophize and redenier. Um, ourselves away from God and out of faith. Because this thing here gets in the way. We don't allow this thing to give way to God. We don't want to do anything it says in if, if, if Ephesians 2, in Christ, you are seated next to God already. You might still be here in your physical body, which still needs to submit and everything, because the physical body, hey, got a few issues, got a few needs. But in the spirit, we are already perfected. We are already there. We just now need to live in that understanding here on earth. That's why scripture says in the, 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 the prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come. How? As it is there. Here. Simple as that. Scripture is not complicated. We just need to believe. It all comes down to we just need to believe. These scriptures that we read, it's not just a, 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 pos, a position that we need to take. Sometimes when you, when, you, when you study scriptures and you talk to some 
scripture scholars. Some say, okay, I'm a Calvinist or I'm a, uh, what's the other thing? Arminianist or whatever. Like, who cares what you are? Um, like, are you in Christ or not? Is it a position that you take or not? No. Scripture is, is, this scripture is not just a, a, a position, but a statement of fact. What is already out there for you to take, to have, and to live out. As, as a believer, this should make you very excited. So, can I ask everyone just to quickly raise their hands for me? Everybody, raise their hands. Cool, so I'm not the only one excited. <laughs> Come on, okay. So, this should make us very excited because there is so much promises that God has for us and that got fulfilled when Jesus ascended into heaven. And so many eyewitness accounts of what happened that we should be excited for what God has for us. Amen? So, all good and well, but um, how do we, how do we, how do we activate this reality? How do we make this happen in our lives? How does it become real? How does it become the norm in our lives and not the, not the exception? And, um, and I think we talked about this as well today with our team um, this morning when, when we refer back to our um, the outreach two weeks ago already. Sure, time flies. We have to go next week again. Hey. It's, it's good that there we, we're in the bush and we ex- experience the Lord and his power and everything and we pray for the, the, the people, we drive out the demons and heal and whatever and then we come here like we leave it as, oh, that was a nice experience there and now we just we leave it as, as, as is because we do it on an outreach, not here then what's the use then? It's, it's something that we need to do regularly every, everywhere we are, not just per occasion. It should become our norm, our lifestyle. And it's, it's really, really, really not complicated. So you're going to be, you might be disappointed in, in what I'm about to say. But um, all good. <laughs> So, how do we live that lifestyle? How do we make it? How do we make it a reality? Number one is repent. Repent of your sins. Give your life to Jesus. So, what does that mean? I think we once talked about what is repentance. This is sin. This is God. So, repentance means it's two things turn away from your sin towards God. Not, not what many of us do is we turn away from our sin and we're looking for another new sin to do. Unconsciously, but you know what I mean. Turn away from it, walk away from it. Because what, what we see many times is, is that 
People want prayer, they want prophetic words, they want this and that, but they don't want to change their lifestyle and walk away from what they know is wrong. There's this quick fix, so I keep on, keep holding on to my issues here. You can just pray for me because I had a really rough week and my family is falling apart or whatever, you know, it's, but I, I stick to holding on to my sin and my wrongdoing. I do not repent because then, but can, Jesus, can you just love me for a moment? Just hug me. I'll see you next week again. And, and you go on and on and on with your sin. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom. So step one is re- repent of your sins. Turn away from it and walk towards God. You search him. Then, not, number two, and that's also a, a big thing which we struggle to do sometimes. Step out in faith. Again, I'm just going to refer back to our, our outreach, I mean, the Wunder. For many of us, it was the first time to step out, not knowing what the heck is going to happen now. But this man here said he's got a headache, and Johanna said, I must lay hands on him and pray for him. You've got no idea what will happen. But you still, you did it in faith that he will be healed. And by stepping out in faith, God met you along the way, you prayed and the guy got healed and the woman got healed. There's one testimony um, we've got to share as well um, last week, but one of our members prayed for a lady and she was, death and the ears open she didn't, at first she said I didn't get healed but when people talked to her when we were, weren't looking she responded to them laughed with them talked with, talked with them she was healed so our team Remember, she, she stepped out in faith, not knowing what will happen, because this is a big one. It's not a headache. I mean, woman is death. Death. She wasn't death <laughs> in the spirit. <laughs> Anyways, she was hearing. She couldn't hear. And she laid hands on, she prayed, and she got healed. And I also received that this week from a text She's healed. She also didn't want to testify in front of us. She testifies on a Sunday. Okay, cool. Testify on a Sunday, but we knew. But she stepped out in faith. That's the thing I want to say. If you don't step out of faith, then it means you're not moving. And then your spirit becomes like stale water. It's not healthy needs to grow. So, repent and step away from your sin, especially those habitual ones and ones that you know are wrong. Number two, step out in in faith. And number three is submit your mind and your thoughts to 
God. Sure, that's a, that's a hard one as well because we, like again, we try to philosophize and talk our way out of faith, away from God. Makes sense. And how do we do that? Scripture says that we have to think on these things, that we have to think about the things above because we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And lastly, how do we make this a reality? Um, we make this a reality in our lives, and the team can just put on that next the song, the last clip. Is we boldly stand up with our feet? We physically stand up and come to the front and say, pray for me, uh, I would like to do this for God. I would like to be able to, to pray for people for healing. I would like to have a more prophetic anointing on, on my life that I can tell people what the Lord speaks about them. Um, it talks about in 1 Corinthians well, it talks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is, there's a few more, but it talks about word of wisdom. Would you like to have godly wisdom, not earthly experiences, but godly wisdom in your life? It talks about word of knowledge. When the Lord tells you something very specific about someone, and when you share that with them, they open up their hearts to receive Jesus. Would you like to have more faith? Like supernatural faith? Are you happy where you are now at with your faith? And let's leave it at that. Or would you like the Lord to give you an extra measure of faith? Do you like him to stretch your faith so that you can trust him for more and believe him for more and do more for his kingdom? Healing. It says in the scriptures that we need to, to go out, lay our hands on people, pray for them so that they may be healed. When last did we do this? At home, at our jobs, even for ourselves. Like we used to do it, but then we bad habits again when you get a headache you look for a panado oh, forget about the panado you lay hands first on each other and you pray headache go Jesus first miraculous the, the powers prophecy the discerning of the, the, the spirits which is extremely important where we are at as a church because now we, we get to hear so many more things around on YouTube and Facebook and from whoever from wherever that tells them the Lord said this and the Lord said that but when you look at the lifestyle of the individual you can see there's no fruit from their, their life 
that they can't talk and say it's from God because their life it doesn't show a lifestyle of God. And by the fruits of a, a person, they should they shall be tested to see if they re, they really are of of the Lord or not. So we need to be able to discern what people share, what happens in church, what's, ha- what's happening in the world around us, so that we know clearly, is it from the Lord or not? Discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in, in, in tongues isn't just a heavenly a language. Um, there's this one guy, um, there was some Iris, um, Surprised at all. There's this one man in South Africa. Uh, um, the Lord takes him all over Africa to to to, 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 to preach and to teach. And nearly every time, in every country he's at, he speaks and he thinks he's speaking in English or whatever. But the Lord actually gives him gift of tongues where he speaks the local language so clearly that the people hear the good news in their own language everywhere he goes ah that's unbiblical well if we look in scriptures it says when the disciples received the Holy Spirit that all the people around them heard in their own language what just happened what Jesus did and Jesus still does the same thing he can still do that. I still believe for that one. I want to preach in Japanese. But in English. Speaking in tongues. And also interpretation of tongues. Where, where you might speak a certain language, but not everyone understands it. And there's someone that interprets what's being said. Because everyone there must hear and understand the word of God. So again, how do we step out and walk in the the promises of God? We do something about it. We repent. We walk away from our sins. We step out in faith, which is a big thing. And by stepping out of faith, we submit our thinking and our minds and our issues to God. Let Him handle it. And then we just stand up and we go and do it. And I'm not going to end in prayer. And after the prayer, I'd like you to come forward. And then we will, Marissa and I will lay hands on you and pray for you. If that's something that you want to receive, but there is a catch. There's always a catch. If we just pray for you and you leave it there, what's the use? You have to go step out in faith. Amen. Let's pray. Quickly, want to have a sip of water, then we pray.
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and thank you of the, the Father. Thank you, Lord God, for all the promises that you have for us. We, th- we thank you, Lord God, that by looking at the ascension of Jesus, that, that, that it's not just another supernatural occurrence that we look at, think about, but there's so much m- more to it, Lord God. We thank you that through the ascension of Jesus, Lord God, there's so many promises that got fulfilled in front of the disciples' eyes, Lord God. And those same the promises you had for them, you also have for us, Lord. And yes, Lord, I pray for us as a church to step out in that boldness that comes from your Holy Spirit and step out in faith and go and do these things and step out and believe the, the promises that you have for us and then, and then apply it in our lives, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord God, God, I come before you, Lord God, for myself and for the church. And we just want to come in and submit ourselves to you, God. We just want to, to come and submit our minds and our thoughts to you, Lord God. And I pray that if there's any restrictions that keep us from stepping out of faith, Lord Jesus, that you will show it to us individually. Like what's that one thing that keeps us from stepping out of faith? Pray, Lord, that that spirit of unbelief that we may sometimes have, that you will remove it from us and from us as a church. Because we want to be a church of faith. We want to be a church that steps out, out Lord God, in boldness, Lord God. We want to be a, a, a church where your, your Holy Spirit can freely move, Lord Jesus where there's words of wisdom, where there's words of knowledge, where we all have supernatural faith, Lord God. Where we can practice healing, Lord God. Where we can prophesy to people to tell them how much you love them. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I want to pray that the prayer, Lord God, as it says in Ephesians 1, it says, I pray that Father, that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of revelation to know Him through your deepening intimacy with Him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light will you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us his holy one I thank you Lord God as it says in that scripture Lord Jesus yes I 
I pray, Lord, for your spirit of wisdom and revelation will come in each and every one of us, bringing a deeper understanding of you, Lord God, bringing deeper intimacy with you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, as it also says that your light will illuminate our lives. Not anything of this world, not a good movie or a nice quote on, on the internet, Lord God, but that your light, the living light, will illuminate our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, for a re release of a new understanding of you over everyone here this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.